Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Shares of Disney are jumping this morning, up more than 6%. That follows the company's latest earnings report, and we get the latest with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Nathan, Disney reporting better than expected earnings and issuing an upbeat profit outlook. Thanks to cost-cutting and the theme parks, profit this year will rise at least 20%. Now, the revenue did fall short of estimates. They said the streaming business should still turn a profit in the fourth quarter. Now, what shareholders really like is a 50% boost to the Disney dividend plus a stock buyback and there's more ceo bob Iger announcing they're acquiring a one and a half billion dollar equity stake in fortnite maker epic games our new relationship with epic games will create a transformational games and entertainment universe that integrates disney's world-class storytelling into epic's cultural phenomenon fortnite well, fans will be able to watch, shop, and play with Disney characters within the Fortnite game. The deal also involves new titles and a collaboration with the company's theme parks. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thanks. Well, shares in shipping giant Maersk are the worst performer on the Euro Stock 600 on a busy morning for earnings in Europe. And we go to London and get the latest from Bloomberg Daybreak Europe anchor Caroline Hepker. Caroline. Karen, Nathan, good morning. Musk's CEO, Vincent Clerk, tells Bloomberg that the threat to Red Sea shipping hasn't peaked yet, but the Danish shipping giant expects higher freight rates to disappear later this year and renewed gloom for the industry, hence the stock drop. A better story for payment processor Adyen shares surging thanks to higher revenue and, according to the co-CEO, more US customers trusting it. Somewhere in the middle, François-Henri Pinot's Curring, owner of Gucci. Pinot calls 2023 a trying year, but investors conclude Gucci's results were better than feared. In London, Caroline Hepke, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Caroline, thank you. We stay in London now for a Bloomberg News exclusive. Former Barclays CEO Jess Staley has long maintained he cut off his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein once he became boss of the UK bank. But legal documents seen by Bloomberg claim Staley had indirect contact with the late pedophile financier for years after that. We get the details from Bloomberg's Chris Pitt. According to documents that formed part of a now-settled U.S. Virgin Isles lawsuit against Jess Staley's former employer, J.P. Morgan, an intermediary was used by the two men to stay in touch. The filings contradict what Staley told the Barclays board about his relationship with Epstein. It also contradicts a UK regulatory probe that found no evidence of contact between the two men after October of 2015. Representatives for Jess Staley and JP Morgan didn't respond to requests for comment on the claims. Spokespeople for Barclays and the FCA also declined to comment. In London, Chris Pitt, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Chris, thanks. Now turning to politics back home, Senate Republicans delivered a death blow to efforts to secure the border with Mexico, blocking a bipartisan compromise after Donald Trump denounced the deal. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has more from Washington. The 49 to 50 Senate vote virtually guarantees Congress will not pass any broad immigration nor border legislation before the November presidential election. It leaves no clear path for new U.S. military assistance to Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan. Republican Senator James Langford helped negotiate the deal and said his political career was threatened. That told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this 
during the presidential election. The Senate will try again today to move the bill forward without border provisions. In Washington, Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Amy, thank you. Now let's get to the latest from the Middle East. The U.S. says it has taken out the leader of the Iran-backed militia that killed three American soldiers last week. The Pentagon says the commander of the group, Khatab Hezbollah, was killed in a drone strike in Baghdad. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is trying to broker a ceasefire deal between Israel and Hamas, but Israel's position is hardening. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. This comes as Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has summarily rejected the Hamas proposal. Blinken says the Hamas response does have some non-starters, but he will continue working on a plan, he says, and won't give up. Our focus today is on all of the diplomacy needed to bring it about, including, again, getting uh, ideas, getting proposals from, from all concerned, and putting those together in a credible uh, and, and clear plan. Uh, Blinken says getting the hostages out is a very, very high priority. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, turning to the economy now, more clues. The Fed is in no rush to cut interest rates. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin says it makes sense to be patient. I'm very supportive of uh, being patient, you know, to get to where we need to get. I, I see at this point the trade-off, uh, which is, you know, coming into better balance, is still being um, in favor of continuing to work on inflation. And Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin and central bankers have left interest rates unchanged since July. And in Asia, Karen, China's consumer prices fell last month at their fastest pace since the global financial crisis. The consumer price index for China dropped eight-tenths of one percent in January from a year ago. That's the weakest since September of 2009 and worse than economists' expectations for a half percent decline. And it's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The Supreme Court will be hearing a challenge this morning that could determine if Donald Trump will be removed from the presidential ballot in some states. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons reports. Colorado says the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist clause renders former President Trump ineligible to run for president due to his connections to the January 6th assault on the Capitol. Courts in 10 other states have ruled the clause does not apply to Trump. The Supreme Court will need to determine if the clause can be invoked in the absence of a court conviction or congressional action. It will also consider whether the clause applies to the presidency and whether January 6th was an insurrection in which Trump participated. Ahead of the arguments, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Dick Durbin, has asked Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. The search continues for five missing Marines in San Diego County after a helicopter crash Tuesday night. Crews have found the helicopter wreckage, but no sign of the Marines. Cal Fire Captain Mike Cornett. A remote area of the Cleveland National Forest. There's rugged terrain out here. There's lots of rocks. There's truck trails that go through the area. But the mud and the snow, it can become treacherous to travel. The Super Stallion helicopter was part of the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing and was going from Creech Air Force Base near Vegas to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego. The Biden administration is working with the top U.S. artificial intelligence companies to craft federal standards on artificial intelligence to ensure it's used safely and responsibly. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo says Apple, Amazon, OpenAI, Microsoft, Meta, and others will be working with the National Institute of Standards and Technology, along with civil society groups, academics, and state and local government officials to establish AI safety standards.
Scientists at Stanford University are working on a blood test to potentially save millions of lives by detecting cancer much earlier than before. They say the samples are far larger than what Theranos was doing before the company tanked and insist they are able to show results. The CDC is warning about the rise in measles infections in the U.S. There have been 23 reported cases since December, mostly in children who have not been vaccinated. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg, Karen. All right, Amy, thanks. We do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as Amy said, you can get the latest news on demand, and that means whenever you want it. Just subscribe to Bloomberg News Now. You can get the latest headlines right at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the hottest team of the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost on New Year's Day. Since then, they're 15-1. and They got 40 points from Donovan Mitchell and won 114-106 to at Washington. The Cavs have moved into second place in the East. Then there are the Philadelphia 76ers who are going the opposite direction, struggling without their star center, Joel Embiid, who could be out another month with a knee injury. Sixers have lost seven of the last eight. They lost at home to Golden State, 127-104. to Celtics, 39th win of the season. They're 24-3 and at home. 31 points for Kristaps Porzingis. Celts beat Atlanta 125 to 117. They also acquired a player, getting a big man Xavier Tillman from Memphis. The NBA trade deadline, three Eastern today. Big names not expected to be removed, but there certainly will be some movement. College hoops: Duke by 18 over Notre Dame. Auburn by 18 over Alabama. Tennessee blew out LSU by 21 upset. Wisconsin lost at Michigan 72 to 68. Nick Saban, retired as Alabama football coach, will work for ESPN. He'll be part of the college game day show. He'll also work on the NFL draft. Dallas Cowboys looking for a defensive coordinator. They've already interviewed Ron Rivera, just fired as the head coach in Washington. Also, Mike Zimmer, the former head coach in Minnesota. The latest interview for the job, Rex Ryan, who hasn't had an NFL coaching job since 2016 when he's the head coach in Buffalo. Before that, the head coach of the Jets. He's been working for ESPN. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager here now with a a closer look at the biggest earnings story of the morning. We continue to watch shares of the Walt Disney Company. The entertainment giant reported better than expected results and an upbeat outlook for the full year. Cost cuts and booming business at Disney theme parks are getting a lot of the credit for this. But for more on these results, we're joined by Bloomberg's Critty Gupta. Critty, would you call this a blowout quarter? Is it a turnaround quarter? What do you make of these numbers? 
It's definitely a turnout around quarter. It's a pivot, if you will, for the Disney story. Look, when we think about Disney, we think about it from a kind of tech perspective, a streaming perspective. That is in stark contrast to what Disney's core business actually has been historically, which is its international parks business. This is where their profit, get this, rose by four times, sales increasing 35% year over year. So it looks like a lot of more uh, visitors and attendance when it comes to some of their Disney parks, which again, is not really the strategy that they've been leaning into. They've really been leaning into the media business, the Disney streaming business as well. But when you look at the subscriber count, that streaming service fell to about 149.6 million subscribers in the quarter. The projections were about 151.2 million. So you can see that those numbers coming in just a little bit softer. But the forecast here is what really matters. That's what investors are responding to. Disney saying that their profit is going to rise 20% and bring it up to about $4.60 a share. The estimate was $4.27. If that wasn't enough to sweeten the pot, they're also raising their dividend by 50% and approving a $3 billion stock buyback program. All of this on the back of some pretty other hefty deals that they've made. They've talked about this partnership that was announced a couple of days ago, bundling ESPN content with programming from Fox and Warner Brothers Discovery, creating an all-new sports streaming service. So again, this is something that Bob Iger had warned about several quarters ago, really watching for what they could do with their Hulu business and their ESPN business. And it looks like we've gotten those answers. And with all those answers, Critty, that raises the question of whether all this is going to be enough to fend off a lot of the pressure we've seen going into these earnings from activist investors. Yeah, uh, Nelson Peltz has not made Bob Iker's life any easier at all when it comes to them, the activist pressures. But again, this all comes with the territory of kind of trying out these new businesses. Now, it looks like with some of the board seats here for now and for the temp- for the foreseeable future, perhaps they can fend it off. But they really have to deliver on some of these new strategies. The fact that they are, again, doubling down on their streaming business, a sports streaming business at a time when their Disney Plus streaming service is already coming in soft is a pretty big deal, but their forecasts are so rosy. Now they just have to execute on it. And remember, this is also coming with a pretty big stake that Disney is taking now in gaming, $1.5 billion, excuse me, in Fortnite maker, Epic Games. This is a company that Disney had had to kind of go to court, excuse me, Apple had had to go to court for as well. The fact that Disney is now taking a stake in it is a pretty big deal. Yeah, really interesting to hear that coming, particularly after that announcement on the sports streaming service, this $1.5 billion stake in Epic Games. I'm sure that piqued a lot of your interest, given uh, your background in uh, video game coverage in the past. What do you make of this uh, strategy of, uh, you know, trying to lean even more into tech when they've had so many struggles, at least in the last couple of quarters, on their more uh, traditional media business? Well, I mean, it speaks to them branching out. And for our for our international audience that's listening to this, uh, Nathan is referring to the fact that I used to cover video games yeah. uh, as my very first beat at Bloomberg, the stocks of it at least. And what I learned from that is that this is a growing business that has recently taken on a lot of regulatory pressure, but it's one that is a crowded space when you talk about some big games. So when you see a game like Fortnite, for example, really excelling, it makes it a very attractive acquisition target. And that's exactly where Disney comes in here with that $1.5 billion stake because Fortnite has turned out to be such a moneymaker 
for Epic Games, Disney wants in on it. In terms of its broader strategy, it's quite clear that Disney is doing what Disney hasn't done historically, which is really diversify. They're talking about sports uh, streaming. They're talking about their Disney services streaming. They're actually making more money on their parks business. And now they're looking at gaming as well. Not to mention, Nathan, I can't believe we've gone this far and not discussed it. Taylor Swift's movie, concert movie or whatever, <laughs> is hitting Disney services. Moana's sequel is coming out this year. The Taylor Swift story in itself adds a lot of value to Disney. Interesting. So what do you make of the track that Bob Iger is painting here, the path ahead uh, for the rest of this year and beyond? Well, look, he has just recently be, been reinstated. The history, the management history matters here because Bob Iger had um, an, an initial stint at the company and then was uh, had left the company uh, and then is now coming back because of, you start to see this pressure that he needs to put Disney's balance sheet back on track. It kind of seems like he's doing this, but Bob Iger's reputation historically has been one of big moves, one where he takes these kind of shots in the dark and says, guys, have a little bit of faith in me. And this is what he does. So it's not surprising at all that he's making these pretty big bets in both sports streaming and gaming. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.